everybody. I'm going to invite you to stand up and worship with us. If this is your first time joining us live or even online, I am Pastor Wendy Harmon with Converge Church. I pastor alongside my husband, Pastor Ray Harmon, and we say welcome to you today. In Psalm 117, it says, Praise the Lord, all ye people. Give to him the kindness that is due him. For his, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise ye the Lord. Now, if you are here this morning, this is not a spectator event. This is an invitation for you to worship God because he's been good to you. And if, not, if he's not been so good to you yet, just keep living, just keep trusting him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We do acknowledge that this is the day that you have made. Lord Jesus, we welcome your Holy Spirit in this place, Lord, to not only just view what is going on, but to be active participants in worshiping you. Lord, we ask that you sit with us, that you change our hearts. Lord, we view this day as a day of celebration, no less worthy of celebration than last week for Easter. So, Lord, you are still risen. You are still God. You are still good. You are still faithful. You are still healer. You are still deliverer. You are still miracle worker. And we lift up your name. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. And we praise you today. Amen. Let us worship together. Let's worship. Glorious. Shout it out in glorious. Make it louder. Jesus, we shout your name. Jesus, we make your praise glorious.
Converge Church. Uh, if you're looking for Pastor Ray, I'm over here in the baptismal pool. Amen. Uh, we're going to continue in worship this morning as we celebrate water baptisms together. Jesus gave us the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 and again in Mark chapter 16, where he commands us uh, to follow in water baptism. You may be seated as we begin our water baptism experience. The evidence we find in Scripture is that baptism is a public affirmation, a public declaration that affirms our faith in Jesus Christ. And when we're baptized, uh, we also identify with Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. When we're immersed in the water, we identify first with his death and burial. And when we're raised up out of the water, we identify with his resurrection and the newness of life that we have in Christ Jesus. In fact, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, affirm these principles. Uh, so this morning, as a body of believers, as a church family, we get to celebrate with these four individuals who are going public with their faith. They have devoted their lives to Jesus. They are devoted Christ followers. And this morning, this morning, they're going public with their faith in baptism. Uh, so this morning... Right off the bat, we'd like to give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, she's one of our silver saints here at Converge Church. And after our last water baptism celebration, she immediately came to me and said, Pastor Ray, I was baptized years ago, but I was baptized by sprinkling. And uh, I really want to be baptized by immersion. Uh, so this morning, we get to celebrate our very own Mother Sarah Smith as she comes Let's show our love. Let's give honor to whom honor is due as Miss Sarah comes. We also recognize that this is a, not only an important faith milestone, but it's also a family celebration. And uh, so here at Converge, we have uh, a small group of women who gather often for, uh, for fellowship and community. And, uh, and so they're going to come and, and join her in support as she is baptized. David? This is truly a family affair. excited to celebrate this important faith milestone with you. And you have a whole family, a whole uh, church that's celebrating this important moment with you. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity if there's something you wanted to share quickly uh, as you encourage and affirm Mother Sarah with this important faith milestone. Yes, and so thank God. Thank God. 
thank God for all his blessings. So this morning, Mother Sarah, we celebrate your courage and we celebrate your obedience to Jesus as you follow him in water baptism. Before you're baptized, anyone on behalf or on Miss Janita, why don't you, yes, yes. We'll let the family go uh, last, but uh, from uh, the, the Silver Saints, would someone speak on their behalf? I'm Sarah Smith's daughter, and she's been a, always been a very spiritual woman, and she's been there for us. My father died when I was seven years old, so she raised us as a single parent, and she's done a wonderful job. She's always been there for us emotionally and spiritually, and I am probably the woman I am today because of my mom. Mom, I just wanted to tell you I am so very proud of you. I love you so much, and thank you for loving your children the way Mary loved Jesus. This is the moment. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Amen. Sarah, based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. Let's celebrate Miss Sarah. Amen. 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 Well, next up, we have the awesome privilege of uh, baptizing Dior Hayes. And uh, what, what really excites me about this baptism is just last week, she rededicated, recommitted her life to Christ during our Resurrection Sunday uh, service. And so, Dior, why don't you come down uh, as we celebrate? If there's any friends or family members here, why don't you join her as well? Uh, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Well, Dior, we celebrate this important faith milestone with you. You've not only followed Christ uh, in obedience to his word and the gospel, but you get to go public with your faith this morning. So we honor you and we celebrate you. And you've got friends and family here as well who want to affirm you in your decision. Is there anything you'd like to share before she's baptized? I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Uh, you've been going through a storm. And I'm glad you pressed into the Lord to get you through it. It is the only one 
<laughs> this is just the beginning. The Lord is, is, is your father. He's your shepherd. He's your guidance. So we do this dedication. Let's trust him together. Knowing that all things are possible through Jesus. I'm just happy that you decided to go through this journey, and I'm happy that you're taking the steps to the right path. Well, Dior, is there anything you'd like? Oh, one more, one more. Oh, Bob, absolutely. I'm Dior's mom. I am so, so proud of you. I know we uh, baptized you when you were a little girl. I'm so glad in what the Lord has presented in front of me today that you are in the word and you are being baptized in front of me while I'm alive with breath and still can see it. I love you so much and I'm proud of you. Trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Yes, I have. Based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. got two down and two more to go and this morning we get to celebrate one of our very own he's very near and dear to our hearts is none other than the the incomparable Stephen Jenkins why don't you show your love as Stephen comes amen and Stephen your family's coming and uh, you have been a, an important part of what God has done and continues to do here at Converge Church. Uh, we celebrate this important milestone in your life uh, personally. Uh, but before we hear from you, I know your family would like to share a few thoughts uh, and speak life over you. I said it in the huddle this morning, you were my first love before I had children. You are more like a son than a nephew. I have seen you over the years grow and mature and seek God. I have always been proud of the man and the father that you are. I am even more proud to see your surrender and your obedience, your curiosity and your passion develop for the Lord. And I'm going to stop because I'll keep crying. I love you. I just want to say that I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you as a father figure in my life. And I want to just say I love you so much. 
love Daddy everything. He gives me anything. <laughs> well, Stephen, I stand proxy. I know your mother is in Houston, but I stand as your spiritual mom. You have been an extraordinary son. I have loved seeing not only your growth, but your servant leader's heart. It is our honor to honor you. And it, it is reciprocal of the honor you have shown us. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face continuously shine upon you and give you peace. May your latter days be greater than your former. May every trial and stumbling block be a stepping stone. May everything from this moment forth you put your hands to do prosper for the kingdom. May you have health. May you have wealth. May you have a godly wife that serves the Lord. May your children never stray into the far country, but because of you all the days of their life, they will praise the Lord. We love you and we are proud of you, sir. This is a special moment as we baptize you. Uh, Stephen, I echo everything Pastor Wendy said as a son to us in the faith. We celebrate and honor the man of God that you are. But we also anticipate and look forward with great expectation to the man of God that you are becoming, to the glory of God. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, it denotes transition, and that's what we've seen in your life. This becoming all that God has called you, created you, and chosen you to do. And so I echo everything. In fact, can we pray for Stephen right now? Yes. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every other name, the strong name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the good work that you have started in Stephen. God, we thank you that you are faithful and able to complete it and bring it to fruition. We thank you for your promise in Psalm 138 and verse 8 that declares that you will perfect, you will complete, accomplish, and finish everything that concerns us. Would you make that his portion in Jesus' name? Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. And we decree and declare that no weapon formed against him will prosper. And every tongue that rises against him in judgment shall be condemned. In Jesus' name, use this vessel for your glory all the days of his life as a son, as a father, as a kingdom man, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. It is so. Stephen, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. <laughs> a resounding yes. Aaron, did you want to jump in there real quick? Did you have a word? Something you'd like to say? Something you'd like to share? 
but um, I'm right on time. Stephen, based on your public profession of Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of We've got one more water baptism we're going to celebrate this morning. Uh, she's last, but certainly, certainly not least. And as much as uh, we've embraced Stephen as our son in the faith, uh, our next water baptism candidate has been a daughter in the faith to us. I still remember when we first met them. Uh, Nia, uh, or was it Levi? It was Levi. It was Nia. Nia was probably a year old, and, uh, or maybe less, and uh, we pulled into Starbucks, and we were about to get coffee, or actually we had gotten coffee. We came out, and I was putting, well, attempting to put Nia in the car seat. Come on, new dads. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And right when I was trying to get Nia settled, a gentleman walked out of Starbucks, and he was parked right next to us. And we had a good dad laugh because he had two daughters. And he said, man, I feel your pain. He gave me a, a card, an invite card, and invited me to the church that he was attending. And ever since then, we've been... I gave him, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for, yes, telling the story right. I gave him an invite card to the church we were attending at the time. In fact, I was on staff at the church at the time. And they started coming, and we've been friends ever since. We've had uh, late nights uh, drinking coffee, uh, watching movies. In fact, Bree and Cree were Nia's first babysitters. And so this morning, we get to celebrate uh, this amazing life and her decision to follow Jesus in water baptism. Uh, I know, Pastor Wendy, you want to say a few things, and then her sister, Bree, and her mom, Dominique, are with us. And uh, why don't you come, Cree? Cree Cree, we are just so proud of you. And more than this moment, I am proud of the yeses you have grown into. When we first started church, we tried to get Cree to sing, and I think it took her six years to say yes. So for all of the tears, for all of the doubt that you are shaking off, for the ministry that you are stepping into, for the prayer warrior that you have taken from the closet to women's ministry, for the leader and the precious gift that you are. May this day mark in your heart that you are above only and not beneath that you, in Jesus' name, are the head and not the tail, that you are well able, an overcomer, victorious, a Proverbs 31 woman. Hello, Cree Cree. 
I just wanted to say I'm so proud of you and so honored to be your sister. And I pray that you continue to prepare the way for God. And I just pray that you continue to say yes and that all of your dreams now start to come true. And I'm so honored to be your sister, and I love you. Okay. Korea, I'm so excited for what God has for you. You have no idea. Because you said yes. He's going to open the floodgates for you. He's going to answer every dream every goal you have, every question will be answered. I'm excited to see what God has for you and how you grow in this ministry. I love you. Cree, baby Cree. Um, this is such a blessing to see. Um, just over the years, how I've seen you grown, the private conversations that we've had, the prayers that we've had together, it's a blessing just to see you make this step, and I love you. Well, Cree, we love you, and we're incredibly proud of you. And this morning, as soon as I got in the car, was Mike, and how much he loved you, and Bree, and Dominique, and I pray that's something we do this morning, <laughs> would not only honor God, but I pray that it will honor his memory, and I know if we could hear Mike this morning, he would say, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. So Mike, this one's for you, man. trusted Jesus to be your Lord and personal Savior. Based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the precious Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. So, Father, we thank you for these, and Father, we thank you for their obedience to you, not just their private profession of Jesus as Lord and Savior, but, Father, going public with their faith. I pray, God, that you would preserve and protect each one, use them for your glory, for noble things, noteworthy things, as they submit and surrender to your promptings and your leadings. In Jesus' name.
And everyone said, amen. Let's continue in worship. Y'all stand with us. We lift up his voice. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Come on. 
rest in you. We rest in you, Jesus. We lift your heart, Jesus. We lift your heart in this place. You are Jireh. You are Jireh. Let us speak to you, God. Lift our hearts to you, God. It's who you are, yeah. That's who you are, Jesus. That's who you are. Oh, I love you, God. Oh, I love you so They take us there. That's the whole point is to worship. It's between you and God. And thank you, Converge Worship, for just getting us all there in our own individual places. So thank you. Got to regroup myself. Um, good morning. Uh, for those who might be streaming online at a different time, good afternoon, good day. But we are so happy you joined us. If it is your first time, uh, we are so honored that you chose Converge to stop by too. We know there's a lot of churches in the area. Um, in our Metroplex, so uh, we are honored that you came to join us this morning. If it is your first time, we would love to meet you. Um, our pastors will be at the Welcome Center outside in the lobby. They would love to shake your hand, just get to know your name. Um, we will also be out there with a, a gift. You'll see us with little um, bags. We'd love to meet you and just give you um, something, and it's our way of saying thank you for joining us. Um, I have quite a few announcements to go over, so if you're a note taker, um, get ready. We've got some uh, some dates and times, um, but if you are not following us on social media, that is your quickest and easiest way to stay up to date with what's going on here at Converge. So make sure to follow us at We Are Converge. Again, at We Are Converge, except on TikTok, we are at Converge Church. To our students, if you did not know, our students are meeting every second and fourth Sunday, so tonight they're back in The Verge, yes. 
Um, so if you have a middle school, high school student, um, have them come join us, uh, bring their friends. Um, also, our students are going to the final church closed tour next Sunday, um, sing Lecrae. So yeah, they're gonna have a great time. If you are a parent and you bought tickets, um, the student, sorry, the Converge Student Leadership will be reaching out uh, this week with more details, but they'll be meeting here at five o'clock, five o'clock on Sunday here at the church. Um, there is transportation for the student tickets that were purchased. And then if you bought an adult ticket, see Mina um, for details on that. Um, what's next? We also have been meeting uh, the V groups. Uh, ladies, we've been meeting on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Yes, ladies. So if you have not joined us yet, it is not too late. Wednesday at 7 o'clock, we are meeting um, to do life together, to dig deeper uh, than we do here on Sundays. So make sure to join us for that. And for the fellas, they are meeting one guy in the back. No, there's not more meeting. Uh, Fight Club is meeting Saturdays um, at 8 a.m. So again, not too late. Um, the guys will be meeting again next Saturday, 8 a.m. Um, so next steps, if you have been coming to Converge, checking us out, you're curious to learn more, um, maybe it's your first time and you want to learn more about uh, what we stand for, um, what we believe in, our values, we have a session called Next Steps right after service today. It'll be back in the Verge, I think. It'll be back in The Verge. Um, go check it out. We'll be um, going over some of the information about the church, and especially if you want to join up as a member, we'll make sure that that opportunity is available to you. And then last but not least, we will be getting ready to celebrate our mothers, our mother figures on May 14th. Also an early reminder to the dudes that may not be thinking of it yet, or uh, we don't want that to sneak up on you, but we will be doing a special celebration uh, for those in our lives, um, again, mothers, mother figures. So uh, we hope you join us at celebration. And next I'll call up Andrea to go over the Blessed Life segment. Thanks, Cassie. Good morning, everyone. I am not Pastor Jesse, but I am standing in, in, in his stead. This is our Blessed Life segment. And here at Converge, we like to say that God has called us to live with an open hand, not a clenched fist. What that basically means is we will live our lives in such a way that we will lean toward a generous disposition in our time, in our gifts and talents, and in our treasure and our finances. So this is a time of service where we have the opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us here at Converge in our giving. We have multiple ways that you can give, all of which you'll see on the screen behind us. But if you're here in person and you would like to give, we have ushers in the aisles with envelopes and ink pens. Uh, you just raise your hand, they'll get one to you. We ask that you would fill that out in its entirety so that we can record and account for your giving. But we also ask that you would fill it out legibly so that that makes it easier on our finance and count team when they are recording what you give. You can give via text by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977 in all of the various ways on screen. We thank you guys for everything that you do, for every seed that you sow, and Fowl, you help us do what God has called us to do in moving the kingdom forward. Thank you again. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a generous God. You are a generous God. You give and you give and you give. And we thank you that we have the opportunity to also give. I thank you for every seed sown, Father God. I thank you for every hand and every heart that desires to sow into the house here at Converge. We pray that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, that you would grow it, and that it would be to lift you up 
that all men would be drawn unto you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Jesus, open up our hearts to see your great deep love for us. Heavenly Father, we resist the temptation just to go through the motions for Easter weekend. But we will ourselves to be grateful. Lord, we will ourselves to acknowledge and adore you. And we say thank you, oh God. Friday, we get to remember the cross, the height, the depth, and the width of his love. morning is simply this whether you are a believer a seeker or a doubter there's room at the cross for you Jesus made provision and Jesus made allowances not only for believers he made provision even for doubters and seekers and the truth about the kingdom is simply this you can belong before you believe Amen. We had an incredible resurrection weekend, and I would be remiss, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the amazing people that made resurrection weekend possible. All of our surf teams, thank you, thank you, thank you. At the top of the list, our special events team and Dominica Devereaux. Listen, you guys did an outstanding job. Our Converge Men's Ministry for setting up our amazing maze. Uh, just phenomenal across the board. Now, uh, I think we missed an opportunity because somewhere in all of the celebrating and in all of the planning and in all of the logistics, we, we nobody found the, the golden egg. So there are a couple of golden eggs kind of scattered here and there and some of the little ones they found, some of those golden eggs. And, but there is such a thing as the golden egg. And so we wanted to make sure we weren't guilty of false advertising. Because we told y'all there was the golden egg with something special. So here's what happened. Here's the deal. Here's what's about to happen. Uh, Pastor Wendy, uh, uh, the, the, the kids had the opportunity to do their Easter egg hunt. But for somebody, come on somebody, sitting in this worship center right now, there could be the golden egg under your seat. And it would behoove you to check under your seat 
because the golden egg could be under your seat. Everybody say, I don't see nothing. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. If the seat is empty next to you, check that one too. Yeah, if the seat is empty next to you, check that one too. The clock is ticking because I got to preach. Y'all got 30 more seconds. If y'all don't find it, I'm going to take the golden egg for myself. Do we have... Nobody found the golden egg. Everybody is not looking, so... Oh, everybody's not looking? Yes. Okay, can I motivate y'all a little bit? <laughs> Whoever finds that egg, y'all still didn't find it? There is a weekend getaway at Great Wolf Lodge for you and your babies. <laughs> oh, you see the motivation? <laughs> you see the motivation? A weekend getaway, and y'all got 30 seconds. If y'all don't find it, I'm taking it back to the house. Why don't you stand and uh, wave it real good so they can see? There you go. Yes, yes. I felt a wave of envy and jealousy, <laughs> right? It just hit me from this section over here. Congratulations. Uh, someone from the special events team will contact you to set up your weekend getaway at Great Wolf Lodge. Tanika Hayes and the Hayes family, congratulations. Yes. They would have missed it, but we had to give them a little motivation, didn't Yes. It? Well, I don't think somebody, nobody was sitting in that seat, correct? Yeah, okay. so you have to check all the seats. So if you are new to Converge, our pastor is a giver. So, and he still has more golden eggs on the dining room table. <laughs> so I'm wondering, is he going to be giving golden eggs away every week? But if so... Let the name of the Lord be praised. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But Amen. we just love our church family. We are glad that we, we are in a position to be a blessing to you and your family. And so um, next year, all the golden eggs, if you if you bring eggs, when we ask you to bring eggs, uh, my little Puerto Rican princess here, Magdalene, started a tradition, and she brought golden eggs with money in them. Mm. So if you bring golden eggs, put some cash in it. And Can so, the adults get in on that? Yeah, see, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have the men do the whole field. If we haven't started building the second part of the building on that part yet, we're going to have the men do a big maze. And we'll let the little kids, you know, do their thing. But after that, it is going to be men against the women or women against the men in the maze egg hunt. And we will get all the golden eggs. And men. Wow. We don't want to go to Great Wolf Lodge because it messes up our hair. But we will go to Spa Habitat. We will go to uh, True Foods. We will go to uh, Seasons 52. We will go to the Statler Hotel downtown Dallas. And if you are a gift to us, we will be a gift to you. Hey! Glory to God. Let me go bring some more golden eggs. <laughs> I got some more right back there, baby. Yeah, hey, I can bring hey. it right. No, 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 no. And ladies, <laughs> fellas, we're going to hook it up for you, too. So after the Easter egg festivities next year, we're going to send everybody home with a smile, and it's going to be all popping and locking. So, fellas, we might put our money together. Somebody might win a brand-new Corvette. You never know. Oh, wow. We know people in high places. Wow. Or you might get a Matchbox Corvette, but somebody is <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Matchbox Corvette. 
yeah. just to be Every more Every year specific. the eggs are getting bigger and bigger, they so are. we might be able to do something. But yeah. thank you for allowing us to have fun. Oh, and we're going to shift and back. We're going to shift back to worship. And we have not only the um, sacrament and celebration of baptism, but we have a little baby. We have baby dedication. Now, typically we do baby dedication on Father's Day. We do. We used to do babies in bow ties, but now we're doing suits and sneakers. Snu- suits and sneakers. Yes, ma'am. With little ones, <laughs> and so. But we sometimes um, everybody can't make it for every event, and we will fit you in. And so we have the awesome opportunity to have Chelsea and Chris and their little baby girl to come on up. So we're going to invite you up with your family. Yes. Chris yes. and Chelsea and their family, why don't you come? Yes. And ushers, let's make sure we help them up. Yes. Amen. Ready, set, here we grow. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're growing numerically uh, as families grow as well. Chris, why don't you come on down? Awesome. Beautiful. Hello. Hello, precious. How are you? I love it. Amen. So I need you to hold the mic and introduce everybody and tell us all about the baby. I just always say, hey, little sweet sugar, and I never even remember her name, so I'm so sorry. Just blame it on the gray hair. Let me make sure it's on. It is on. Okay. All right. Good morning, Converge. Uh, This is Camille Elise Terry. She was born on November 22nd of last year. This is Chelsea. This is Chelsea's mom and dad, Charlene and Cedric Young. These are my parents, Cynthia and Reggie Terry. Can't see down the line there. This is uh, Jasmine. That's um, Chelsea's best friend growing up, Rakia, Taylor, um, Courtney, Taylor, Jared, and Braulio. Um, So appreciate everybody coming out to support us and be here. It's fantastic. Let's show our love to the Terry family and their immediate and extended family. We're so honored, deeply honored that you are here to celebrate this important milestone uh, with uh, uh, the family. Uh, but here's the deal, you guys moved here uh, from Virginia, is that right? For me. Yeah. For you from She's Virginia? From Houston. From Houston, fantastic. So the family's visiting from out of state as well? All over. From Houston, Houston fantastic. We're deeply honored that you're here, and it's one of those uh, milestones in our church that we take very, uh, uh, well, it's very important to us. Uh, One of the reasons uh, uh, baby dedications matter to us is because we see uh, the example in Scripture. Not only with Samson being dedicated to a life as a Nazarite, but we see it in the life of Samuel, this gift that God gave Hannah after she prayed and travailed in prayer. He also was dedicated to the Lord. But not only that, our Savior Jesus was dedicated in the temple on the eighth day. And so baby dedications are significant to us because as as parents, but also as a community of faith, we're making a commitment that this child will be raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That we will do our part as parents and as family, both immediate and extended, to live exemplary lives before Camille and point her to the cross. We recognize that one day Camille will hear the gospel and she will have an opportunity to respond to the gospel. But in this moment, we recognize that as parents and as family, we are stewards 
of this gift from God. Amen? Psalm 127 says it this way, that children are a gift from the Lord. And so we believe that and we celebrate this precious gift that God has entrusted to you as stewards and as parents. Pastor Wendy, is there anything you'd like to share before we pray for beautiful baby Camille? Yeah, we just are so glad that the Lord sent you our way. And people that are here, you'll always hear this part of our testimony because it's true. When we started in full-time ministry planting a church 11 years ago, I was a little bit stressed out because I'm, I'm saved. I got a little hood on the side, and I was just like, <laughs> you know, I just can't be like a ghetto pastor's wife. And so I was just worried about a lot and uh, raised homeboys. Pastor Wendy is half holy, half hood. Yes, yes. And, and I embrace it because it says the kingdom of God suffers violence come and the violence take it by force. So if you come for me, I'm going to show up right there Amen. out on Wilma. But, I got um, her a t-shirt. Hold on. Yeah. I got her a t-shirt recently. It said half saint, half savage. <laughs> come on, somebody. Anyway, sorry. I digress. I digress. I digress. But your being here isn't just like, oh, you found a great church. So 12 years ago, uh, Ray's homeboy, because Ray's from Liberia, called me from, he called us from London, and he said, may I speak to your wife? And so I got on the phone, and he said, sister, the Lord is showing me you're worried about many things. And he said, don't worry, the Lord is with you. He said, I see the feet of those that will come and help the work. He said, I see the feet. So you being here is a continuation to an answer and prophecy for us Amen. you being here lets me know that wasn't just somebody being all churchy and talking and it, it means something extra because we were in converge her on wednesday and i'm just up doing my thing we've had our small group and i looked at chelsea and i just got stuck and all i had was the lord is in need of you Amen. and I, I got stuck and she just looked at me and she said okay and <laughs> I was released from being stuck and I, I told her we don't know what that means we're gonna pray it out um, I've been talking to pastor uh, about it but you have a, a tremendous gift a tremendous grace Amen. for the kingdom uh, a tremendous understanding of the word and, and she wants to be quiet and hold back but she just the gift of God bubbles over in her so we are so grateful that you led your family this way. And we are going to hold you tight and do well by you until the next phase of your ministry that God has called you to. But we just welcome more babies while you're here. We, 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 we'll keep a spot for everybody just keep In coming Jesus back name. to converge. Yes. But we want to dedicate uh, baby Amen. Camille. Amen. And uh, one thing that we want to speak over her life. Andrea, if you can bring me some oil, please. Um, we just want to speak over her, excuse my back, saints, uh, that everything would always be well Amen. for her. We pray this over our children, whether it's for baby dedication or whether they're just in children's church, that they would not stray into the far country, mm. that all the days of her life yes. that she would pray praise the Lord, Thank you, Lord, that her innocence would never be stolen, that she would have favor with teachers mm. and friends. Mm. And so we thank you, baby. We thank you, Jesus, that baby Camille is not the biology of her mommy and daddy, but she is a soul assigned from heaven with a plan and a destiny over her life. 
Lord, I thank you for Jeremiah 29, 11 over baby Camille's life, that you know the plans you have of her, that they're good plans. Lord, we speak Ephesians 2, 10 over her little life, that she is Christ's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that were prepared in advance for her to do. So we thank you for this baby. We thank you that with long life, and good health, mm. you will satisfy her. We thank you that she'll be her mommy and daddy's joy. We thank you that she will be above only and not beneath. Thank that you, as Lord. she is in school, that thank she'd you. be a leader and not a follower. Thank in the you, name Father. of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, that she would always, always be brave and be courageous. And that she would be an of the power of God in her mother's life. Yes. And that she would have quiet strength like her father. Mm. That she would have the wisdom to be bold when it's time to be bold. Yes. And the wisdom to be gentle when it's time to be gentle. Thank you, Father. But the confidence to know that she belongs to God. Yes, and she is saying amen too. Yes. So we dedicate you in the name of the Father, yes. the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Now, do, we do have a gift for... We do? I think it's here. Okay. And uh, why don't you tell us what it is, Pastor Wendy? And so we have her certificate, so she knows. So if, you know, when they get about three, they forget the prophecy and prayer. <laughs> so you may have to hang this in her room and say, you've been dedicated to the Lord. We don't want you to go meet him early. Just hang it up in her room. <laughs> but we got her a little Bible, and we signed the Bible. And so as she grows, then this, these, this is the little Bible that you can begin reading to her now. And as she grows in her toddler years, we've got to get her a different Bible so she can chew on it and open it up and tear the pages because we love God's word. And then when she gets in elementary school, we'll get her another Bible because it'll be appropriate. So this is her starter Bible that when it's bedtime and nap time, you just begin to read God's word over Amen. her and the Lord will begin to give you prophetic word for her yes. over her life. So we just want to stretch our hands uh, to the family and pray for them as well. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this father. Thank you, we thank you for this mother. Lord, we cover them with faith, love, and prayers. Lord, we cover their marriage. Lord, we cover their enterprise. Lord, we cover their dreams and the ministry you've called them to. Lord, we pray around them that the angel of the Lord camps around about them to keep them, Lord, all the days of their life. Lord, give them wisdom beyond their age. Lord, give them wisdom beyond anything they've known or read that is not the Bible. Thank give you. them the wisdom of God of what to do now mm. with their family and what to do next. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that their marriage will be strong. Yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you that their marriage will be an example mm. to the people in mm. their age. Mm. Lord, I thank you that their family will just be blessed and that we will all see a picture of not just what people may say, oh, they're just better. But Lord, we'll see a picture of your glory here yes, in, in the them. earth because of this family. Jesus. Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, do for them everything that you envision for their lives. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. One more time, Converge Church. 
for Chris, Chelsea, and Camille, Elise, and parents from Houston. Parents from, no, from Virginia. Fantastic. Any godparents here or just friends? God, godmother. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the celebration today. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of the service. Congratulations on this beautiful addition to your family. All right. God bless. Amen. Praise the Lord. All righty. Well, listen, uh, we're about to dive into the word. Anybody else ready for the word this morning? All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All righty. I won't be before you long. Uh-oh. Yes, ma'am. Tell Thank the you. truth. I don't tell, tell the, the truth. <laughs> tell the truth, <laughs> Will Smith said. Come on, somebody. All right, we're going to dive into the word together. This is week five of our current sermon series that we're calling The Chosen. Uh, we started this countdown toward uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday during the season of Lent, the 40 days preceding Resurrection Sunday. And we started this sermon series that we're calling The Chosen. We've been examining the Jesus' relationships, his interactions with his disciples. Jesus called the 12 that they might be with him and apprentice with him. In fact, uh, uh, I want to make sure I, I, I give some context and frame today's message. And, and to do that, uh, I want to share first and foremost the title of today's message, which is simply uh, The Dust of the Rabbi. Uh, the, the, the dust of the rabbi. Uh, why is that important? Uh, the Jews had a saying uh, that was common, and it was simply this uh, May you be covered with the dust of your rabbi. And what that meant was, as an apprentice, as a disciple, you were to walk in such close proximity to your rabbi that the dust from his sandals would cover you. It was this whole idea that was not just unique to the rabbi and his disciples, but in Jewish culture, it was typical that you continued the family business. So if your father was a fisherman, uh, you would apprentice with your father, and as an adult, you would become a fisherman. Same is true for Jesus. His surrogate father, his earthly father, was Joseph, who was a carpenter. In fact, the Greek word is the word tekton, which means more than a carpenter. It means a builder. Uh, so Joseph would have been more than just a carpenter who worked with wood. He would, be, would have been considered tekton, a builder, more like a general contractor. Jesus apprenticed with Joseph, so he was not just a carpenter's son, but he was also a carpenter. We see evidence of this in the lives of the men who followed him. They were fishermen, and, 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 and they had all these different occupations. In fact, Paul, the apostle, uh, was not only a preacher of the gospel, he was not only a Pharisee before he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. The scripture says that he was also a tent maker. And in seasons in his ministry, when the resources weren't forthcoming, he went back to what he had learned as an apprentice, he went back to tent making, meaning there was a season in Paul's life when he was bivocational. He made tents to support the ministry and he preached the gospel. What we see in the scripture here, our anchor text in Mark chapter three, is Jesus inviting, Jesus inviting his, these 12 men to become his apprentices. And Jesus put them on a crash course in leadership because Jesus only gave them three and a half years to learn what he would entrust to him. And the responsibility that Jesus gave these 12 men was to go out 
and change the world. And he says, you got three years to learn everything you need to learn, and I'm going to entrust this thing to you, and I expect you to represent me to a world that has yet to know me. So if you read Mark chapter 3, notice what the text says. In Mark chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse number 13. Why am I saying this? Uh, the method that Jesus used was, was the same method that uh, rabbis used, uh, that any uh, uh, um, uh, 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 person who worked with their hands used, and that was apprenticeship. In fact, the word disciple is translated talmid, uh, or Talmudim, disciples, Talmud, singular, Talmudim, plural, and it simply means to apprentice. Listen, uh, let me just say this to you. Uh, there are three important relationships that are critical if you're going to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Every Paul needs a thim Timothy. Meaning, everybody in this room ought to have somebody that you're reproducing yourself in. You need to have somebody that you're pouring into. And if you're a father or a mother, it starts with your children reproducing yourself in them. They ought to become your apprentices and follow you as you follow Christ. Every Paul needs a Timothy, meaning every mentor needs a mentee. Why is this initial relationship important? Because mentorship allows your protege or your mentee to glean your wisdom without your wounds. I want you to hear that. Assuming the posture of a mentor, of a parent, pouring into your child, your children, uh, 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 young men, young women that you mentor, allows them to walk in your wisdom without experiencing your wounds firsthand. Every Paul ought to have a Timothy. My question to you this morning is who are you pouring into? Who are you investing in? Oh, here, here, here's the second relationship. Every Timothy needs a Paul. For those of us who think we got it all figured out, at some point in your life, you need to submit to somebody. Somebody that you can follow and somebody that you respect and somebody who you can learn from. For those of us who think we got it all figured out. That's why the Roman centurion says, I'm not only a man with authority, I'm also a man under authority. And people who are unwilling to submit to authority are usually dangerous. Let me tell you what healthy authority does. Healthy authority is for, here it is, for your, first of all, for your protection. My first relationship with my son is when he was a child and my daughter, my, our children was their protection. Make sure they ain't sticking their fingers in no sockets. The second relationship I have with my children as a parent is correction. I protect them, and as they get older, where they can understand correction and redirection, I start to correct and discipline them as I protect them. Let me tell you the third relationship you ought to have as a parent with your children is direction. 
I'm talking when they're too old for you to correct them. They ought to trust you and respect you enough that you can continue to direct them. Most of us miss that with our children. In their teenage years, we study correcting them, correcting them. And we think that parenting is about compliance when the ultimate purpose of parenting is character development. So you tell, study telling them what not to do. Don't do this. Don't do this. Do this. And you haven't even taken the time to give them direction. Where they're able to make wise decisions on their own. Jesus, the first thing, oh Lord. The first, the first, the first responsibility of a mentor, of a rabbi, of a leader is, and you'll see it in the text. In fact, let me read it. Mark chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. He says that he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. Jesus was not random or haphazard in his selection of these 12 disciples. He was intentional and he was deliberate. He called those he himself wanted. And notice what they did. They came to him. And verse 14 says that then he appointed 12. Why? That they might be with him. That they might be with him. Not to go and preach yet. Not to go and, 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 in fact, that comes next. Because notice what comes after being with him. It says that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And to have power to heal. And to cast out demons. Most of us want the latter without the former. We want power to heal but we don't want to be with him and learn from him. And the first thing, the first investment that Jesus made in his disciples was not delegating power and authority to them. The first thing he gave his disciples was the gift, listen to me, the gift of intimacy with God. Listen, for the men who didn't show up yesterday morning, That's all I'm going to say. For the men who didn't show up yesterday morning, when we started talking in Genesis 18 about why a sovereign God would say to Abraham, how can I destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and not tell my friend Abraham? Learning what it means to live and walk as a covenant man with God, where God's most intimate secrets he reveals to you, and that he won't make a move unless he first says something to you? That's where Jesus started with his disciples. Intimacy with him, not power to heal. That they might be with him. I want to give you my wisdom without the wounds. Let me tell you why intimacy with God is important. <laughs> Intimacy with God is important because it's the first thing in this sequence. Intimacy with God, oh boy, determines our identity in God. 
You see, what Jesus had to do first with these 12 guys is he had to normalize and recalibrate how they saw themselves. Not by what they did, but who he created them to be. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because it's human nature now. Uh, we define ourselves by, by what we do. Uh, you, you, you get a group of men in a networking meeting. First thing question is, so what do you do? And the question behind the question is, what do you do? Because then I can tell me how much you make. And if I know what you do, I'll know how much you make, and I will now be able to size you up. Not by what we do or what we've accomplished, but who we are. That's why Paul writes. He deals with the three great prejudices in culture and society. He says there is neither Greek nor Jew. So if you're fixated on that sort of identification in Christ, there's a great, listen, there is a greater identity, and here it is, you are imago Dei, meaning you bear, you are an image bearer of God. You bear the image of God. That's why the scripture says in Genesis that you and I were created in his image after his likeness. Second great prejudice is neither male nor female. Because in biblical times, women had no voice and no rights. And they were defined by their gender. How valuable or, what's the word? Invaluable, thank you. I was about to say something wrong with confidence. Thank you, baby. Invaluable. <laughs> Y'all know how people be loud and wrong with confidence? Come on. They be saying it with force. I missed that bullet. Thank you, baby. How valuable or invaluable you are. Third great prejudice Paul addresses. He says, in Christ, there is neither bond nor free when we identify ourselves by our social status and how much we have or don't have. So Jesus had to get these 12 guys. And what he had to do with these 12 guys is, okay, you've lived by this label, fisherman, tax collector, Simon the Zealot, you're a radical, you know, uh, a right-wing guy, and I'm going to put you with a tax collector who is considered a traitor, and I'm going to put all y'all together, and I'm going to help you see who you really are. And it has nothing to do with your performance. Let me tell you about intimacy with God. Jesus came to restore intimacy with God. The, 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 the word intimacy means close familiarity or friendship. And when Jesus comes, he comes to help us break free from being afraid of God. Because men who are afraid of God run from him. But men who fear God run to him. Y'all didn't hear what I just said? I said, men and women who are afraid of God run from him. But when you walk in the fear of the Lord, a holy reverence for God, you draw near to him. Adam and Eve, in their fear of God, hid and covered themselves with fig leaves. Yet in James chapter 4 and verse 8, the scripture says, draw near to God. 
and he'll draw near to you. What Jesus had to do with these 12 men was to let them know they now had permission to have intimacy with God. He had to break the power of religion and cross them over into grace. You probably seen this uh, on the internet. I think they have the image that shows us the difference between religion and y'all see that? Religion says, I messed up. My dad is going to kill me. The gospel says, you know, I messed up. I need to call dad. And that's what Jesus came to restore. Intimacy with him. 1 John chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. Intimacy with God will help us with our God-given identity in God. And that's why Paul said in Colossians that my life is hidden in Christ and Christ is in God. Before you get to me, you got to get through Jesus and you got to get through God. Because that's where my life is hidden. I love, I love what uh, Dr. Tony Evans said about identity. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Y'all got to catch this. He says, most people live their lives in falsetto, outside the range of their God-given gifts and talents. Come on, somebody. If you've ever heard Justin Timberlake, that's falsetto. Come on. Some of the old heads, if you've ever heard Philip Bailey. Reasons. Come on, somebody. <laughs> If you've ever heard the BGs, that's falsetto. People who are singing in a range that they can't hit because they're pretending to be something and someone else. And the problem is, if we don't have intimacy with God, we will never discover our true identity in God, who and what he created me to be. Because not everybody in the body is an ear. And not everybody in the eye is a hand. And not everybody in the body is a foot. And the only place you'll discover your God-given identity is through intimacy with the Father. Tap somebody and say, stop, stop living in falsetto. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, somebody's singing reasons. You see, I, I took your way back. <laughs> Philip Bailey had that falsetto down pat. The problem is, if we don't have intimacy with Christ as his Talmud, his Talmudim, his apprentices, what we end up doing is we end up looking for our, our identity. Here it is. In a house of mirrors. There's only one mirror that we ought to trust, and that is the mirror of God's word. James chapter 1 talks about it. James chapter 1 says, whoever looks to this perfect law of liberty, God's word, and doesn't do it is like a man who looks in a mirror and walks away and forgets what he looked like. And the reason most of us forget what we look like the reason most of us don't have our God identity is we've stopped looking in the mirror of God's word and we have trusted a house of mirrors. 
when God shows up to Moses and says, listen, Moses, I need you to go down to, to Egypt, and I need you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. In Exodus chapter 3, you know the first three words out of Moses', Moses mouth? First three words out of Moses' mouth, who am I that I should go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let your people go? You know what Moses was wrestling with? He was wrestling with the fact that he was born a Hebrew, but he was raised an Egyptian. His decisions and choices made him a murderer, and fear of persecution made him a fugitive. Now he's lived for 40 years on the backside of the desert. So when God says, I need you to go do this, first thing is, uh, will the real Moses please stand up? Which one are you? Are you a Hebrew or an Egyptian? Is your identity locked up in your heritage, the heritage into which you were born, or how you were raised? Which one are you? Because Hebrew blood runs through your veins, but everything you know is Egyptian. And not only was he a fugitive, now he spent the next 40 years of his life as a shepherd. And you know what God says to him? He says, Moses, you're wrestling with five identities. And the reason you're wrestling with these five identities is because you haven't cultivated intimacy with me. And in the burning bush, God reveals to Moses his only identity. And that is to be a redeemer. I'm telling you, most of us struggle through life because we avoid intimacy with God. And our identity that we have accepted. You all hear that word? The identity that we have accepted and resigned ourselves to is a reflection that's coming from a distorted mirror. You're not listening to what I'm saying this morning. Listen to me. A house of mirrors or a hall of mirrors is a traditional attraction at fun fairs and carnivals and amusement parks. The basic concept behind a house of mirrors is to be a maze-like puzzle. In addition to the maze, participants are also given mirrors as obstacles and glass panes to parts of the maze they cannot yet get to. Sometimes the mirrors may be distorted because of the different curves in the glass. Some convex some concave, to give, listen, I want you to hear this, to give the participants unusual and confusing reflections. The mirror you choose to look into, if it ain't the mirror of God's word, it will give you an unusual and confusing reflection of yourself. Sometimes humorous, other times frightening. Jesus tells these 12 men, y'all don't go do nothing. Don't say another word. Don't try to heal nobody until you have cultivated intimacy with me. And I can trace every identity crisis back to a person's prayer life or the lack thereof. If you ain't praying, if you ain't talking to Jesus, you're looking in a different mirror and there's a distorted reflection that has become your identity. And the distorted reflection is either an exaggerated sense of self 
or a deflated sense of self. And that's why Paul says in Romans 12 and 3, let no man think of himself more highly than he ought. But let him think of himself soberly, according to the measure of faith which he has been dealt. All right. I'm talking to somebody this morning. Uh, your intimacy with God will determine your identity, how you see yourself. Is the reflection you see the reflection that God imagined? Because Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, and Pastor Wendy said this, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in. Already decided that a long time ago. And that's why the word workmanship is translated poema. Poema is the word translated workmanship, is a Greek word that means poem. It also was a word that was used to indicate an intricately woven tapestry. You are God's workmanship. You are God's poem. The meter, the rhythm, and the rhyme of your life, God foreordained. He decided beforehand. You are an intricate tapestry. Every part of your life was carefully thought out. The pattern of your life, the color of your life, God decided in advance. And the only way you discover your God-given identity is to go back to the source through intimacy with God, the dust of the rabbi. My question is, are you covered with the dust of your rabbi? Are you covered? Are you following him so closely that the dust from his sandals covering you? Because if not, you could be looking at an unusual and confusing reflection that is not God. Now, let me tell you about the third thing. Can I tell you about the third thing I'm about to close? Listen, let's develop some trust uh, here this morning. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Come on. Appreciate Oh, Lord. <laughs> my wife be coming after my... <laughs> she be coming after my ankles. <sighs> All right, let me take care of this sweat. Out here greasy like Jermaine Jackson. Here we go. All right. Have we developed trust? Okay. All right. Here, we, here it is. The Fokker circle of trust. Amen. My wife said, be very careful. Some of you have seen the movie. <clears throat> okay. So what am I talking about? Oh, yeah. Third thing, right? Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God will produce identity. And when you begin to walk in your identity, the fourth, I mean, the third thing happens, and that is integrity. Let me tell you about integrity. The word integrity comes from a word integer, which means whole. So when we talk about integrity, biblical integrity, it's not only talking about upright living, it's talking about living from a place of wholeness. And that's why the Hebrew phrase, the Hebrew phrase, shalom, shalom, 
nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken belongs to the believer. And notice how it happens. It says in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, you will keep him or her in perfect peace. Shalom, shalom, whose mind is stayed on you. You know who integrity belongs to? It belongs to the man or the woman who will keep their heart, their mind stayed on Jesus' intimacy with him. Because intimacy with him will help you with identity, and then you can experience shalom, shalom, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, integer, 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 integrity. And God sent me here to say, to remind you to be with him. Being with him is more important than anything you could ever do for him. Okay. <clears throat> I love the words of Frederick Douglass who said, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Jesus invites 12 broken men into his repair shop. And says, the first thing I got to fix about you, the reason you're so broken, is your identity. It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. In, in, in Japanese tradition, in, in the West, what we do is, if you break, if you break a, a plate, a bowl, or a cup, ah, we throw it away. Isn't that what we do? Is Levi in the room? He's in the back, yeah. You know when you got teenagers and they start doing the dishes? Uh, yeah. It's like, how come we don't have any matching cups no more? <laughs> come on, somebody. Because in the West, if you break something, you toss it. Not in Japan. Because in Japan, they practice kintsugi. Kintsugi. Yeah? They practice kintsugi. And let me tell you what kintsugi is. Kintsugi, or, or also called kintsukori, uh, literally means golden. That's the word kin, and it means the second word is repair. So it's a compound word. Kin means golden, and sugi means repair. Kintsugi is the process of repairing ceramics, traditionally with lacquer and gold. Leaving a gold seam where the cracks were. The technique consists in joining fragments, fragments, broken things, and giving them a new, more refined aspect. In the concept of kintsugi, broken and repaired things are often regarded as much more beautiful. Kintsugi doesn't only speak to the physical repair of broken things, but it is rooted in the philosophy, the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi, which is basically, here it is, to explore the beauty in broken things. Wabi-sabi says, explore the beauty 
in broken things. Don't discard it. Don't throw it away. Repair it. Put gold in the seams where the cracks once were. And I think we have some images of Kintsugi. Yeah, that's Kintsugi. And in Japanese culture, those bowls have infinite, infinitely more value and appreciation than before it was broken. You know what Jesus saw when he called those 12 men to be with him? He saw broken men that he needed to repair. And it can only happen in intimate places with God. Because if we resist intimacy with God, let me tell you what will happen. You will self-medicate. Y'all not listening to me this morning? Those who refuse the presence of God and the repair that comes from intimacy with God, who desire to be whole, will self-medicate. And in the words of Kirk Franklin, uh, uh, self, uh, uh, if you self-medicate, you delay God's healing process. God can't heal you while you're fixing yourself. God can't make broken things beautiful again while you're trying to fix yourself. And the only place it happens is intimacy with God that will help you discover your identity in God so you can begin to live with integrity and wholeness. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Okay, somebody, I'm about, eesh. I'm getting ready to close. Hey! Where the organ at? Hey! You heard that, didn't you, Tanya? Come on, somebody. Hmm. Influence, influence. Now notice, notice Jesus said, hang out with me, and this is, after you come, after you hang out with me, guess what's going to happen next? Something crazy, something supernatural going to happen next. You're going to be able to heal, and you're going to be able to cast out devils. Come on. Listen, let intimacy with God do for you what the phone booth did for Clark Kent. Yeah, 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 yeah. After you have spent time with God, you come out a different man. Steve Austin, a man barely alive. We have the power to rebuild him. Come on. You see, some of y'all know now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all laughing like y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on. Six million dollar man. Lee Majors. And notice what it said. It said when we're done with Lee Majors, he's going to be better, faster, stronger. That's what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to, come on somebody. The potter wants to put you back together again. <laughs> the potter wants to put you back together again. You know why? He wants you to live with influence. He wants you to influence your world. Heesh. Mark 16. Or Mark 3. Verses 14 through 15, he says that you will have power 
to preach, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. It ain't going to happen until you, until you hold all the things we want to do, all the things we want to accomplish can be traced back to our intimacy with him. And maybe what Jesus sent me here to do this morning is to invite us once again to be with him so that he can repair the broken places so that from that place we can live with influence. Four eyes, four eyes, intimacy, identity, integrity, and influence. Father, would you help us today? And musicians, you can start to play. Would you help us today? Father, right where we are, one of the commitments, God, we've made as a church is, and we've said that at Converge Church, there are no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed. This is not a place where we pretend to be perfect. This is a place where we recognize that, you know what? In spite of our imperfections, Jesus still loves us. So, Father, this morning, would you, would you meet us? Would you meet us there? Wherever there is, wherever there is this morning for your sons and daughters, for the ones who may have been wearing a facade because the reflection from the mirror was distorted. For those of us who may have had an inflated sense of self and didn't realize that we were broken and needed repair in the hands of the potter. God, would you do the work this morning? Because ultimately, God, you're raising up a church, people with influence in the marketplace and the public square. But God, maybe you just want us to sit with you for a while so we can heal. Not to try to do this broken, but to heal. Not to try to do this empty, because broken vessels leak. Would you allow us just once again to be covered with the dust of our rabbi? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning and you said, you know what, Pastor Ray, that message was for me. And you say, you know what, I've never trusted Jesus. This prayer, first and foremost, is for people who have never trusted Jesus. You've never invited him to be your Lord and Savior. Maybe he's been inviting you, but you've never responded. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you. I see that hand in the back. Thank you, Father. Is there anyone else who would say, you know what? Jesus, you've invited me. And now I accept your invitation. If that's you, we want to pray for you. I see that head. Second group of people I want to pray for this morning. Said anyone in this room who says, you know what? Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, but you know what? Maybe there's an opportunity for me to draw near to him. Maybe I've run away from him in fear when what I simply need to do is draw near to him in obedience. If that's you, just slip up your hands. I see those hands. I see that hand. There it is. Thank you, Father. 
Let me pray for you. Father, right where your sons and daughters are, would you meet them? Just by slipping up their hands, that simple act of faith, God, I thank you that you will meet them right where they are and do the work of transformation. And all together, all together, especially for the one who raised her hand on that first prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I thank you for loving me, for inviting me, for welcoming me. Jesus, I acknowledge what you did on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, that I'm born again. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Are you glad you came this morning? Awesome. Awesome. For the young lady, uh, we'll connect and I'll get you some information uh, that will help you jumpstart your walk with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord. As you're dismissed, I just want to remind you that for those of you who've been kicking the tires, maybe you don't have a church home, you haven't plugged in anywhere, we're having our next steps, uh, our new membership class immediately following the worship experience in The Verge. If you don't know where that is, uh, the ushers will direct you. We'd love to invite you to join us. We have several people who will be attending. But if you just kind of want to check it out and learn more about Converge, we want to extend an invitation for you to join us immediately following the worship experience. Why don't you stand? And I will bless you out. Praise the Lord. Good to see you, my man. Amen and amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. As he turns his countenance towards you, we ask that he would give you his peace that passes all understanding to guard your heart, to guard your mind in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Make this week amazing. We'll see you next Sunday. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.